Welcome to The Frontline, a podcast for Christian men who are fighting for their marriages, fighting for their children, and pursuing the plans and purposes of God in the everyday, mundane, in and outs of life. Day by day, the battle's raging, lies of the evil one messing with our minds, opposition on every side. But this day we fight, this day we believe, this day we overcome. Despite the war around us, we line up, our shoulders broad, our confidence in God. Today, we stand on the front line. This is the front line. Well, man, oh man, it is a roasting hot summer day out there today here in southern Ontario, Canada. It's about 31, 32 degrees Celsius. And we were out for a family walk today and we saw a man up our street cutting the grass wearing a mask. And yes, he also had gloves on. And I'm just like, hey, come on, you don't need a mask. You're cutting the grass. I don't think COVID's going to jump off the grass or jump off the lawnmower. No one's around you. This is getting out of hand, man, honestly. But I guess to each his own, if dude wants to wear a mask for whatever reason, maybe he's just used to it now and he feels just that's normal for him. But man, I can't wait till we can just burn those things to the ground. But anyways, that's just something I observed today on a hot summer walk. Okay, moving on. Hope you're doing great, gentlemen. Last week I was on site. Uh, I do uh, custom wood finishing to pay the bills. And sometimes it leads me to have to go on site to customers' homes. And I was working on site and I was doing a job that I don't normally do do very often and that's exterior uh, painting. Uh, Typically it's it's, uh, working on cabinetry inside the home or millwork uh, inside of the home. Uh, But this was the door, I had to paint the outside of a door with some exterior paint at this customer's house. And so I got there earlier this week and I set up and I had uh, all the door paint uh, papered off and taped off and ready to go and uh, got my my battery operated Graco paint gun out and loaded up the paint and I just couldn't I couldn't for the life of me get it sprained and I had to take the tips off get it cleaned reloaded it tried and tried again it took forever for me to get this thing finally sprained about half an hour of working on it, it finally got spraying the paint out of the gun and I got started. So I started painting the door from the bottom up, working my way up. It's it's spraying beautifully and I'm happy I can get this over with. The sun was beating on me. I was just wanting to get this door painted and uh, so I can head, head, head home for the day. <laughs> so I'm painting away and it's spraying great. Gets about halfway up the door and starts spitting some paint and then just stops the gun just stops and when that type of thing happens when you're painting you can't just simply recover it's okay we're gonna have to let this thing dry and do a recoat so I immediately was just succumbed by such frustration and I tried to you know see if I could get it painting again somehow to recover and it just didn't want to work anymore And I was just like, are you kidding me? After all of this setup, all of this preparation, getting this door papered off, the hot sun beaten down, 
and then all I had to do was paint it and it was working fine beautifully after having to get this thing going for so long and I, I was really frustrated. I had to go and just walk it off and drink some water and cool down and I called the customer out and I said, listen, I apologize. I showed the lady and she was fine. She understood. I said, my, my gun just, it stopped working. I, I can't explain it. I, I apologize. I'll have to come back in a couple days and, and we'll get it sanded up for you and, and paint it again. And so that's what I did. So two days later, uh, in fact, just this past Friday, I went back, but I went back with a different tool. I went back with a larger uh, gun uh, paint system and uh, I knew this would be more successful as far as it wouldn't cause me grief to, to get this uh, painted. So I get there and I, I sand the door and, and get it all sanded and smooth. And uh, again, it was a very hot uh, day. I got my the other gun set up. It started spraying perfectly. I, I did a little test spray on the side of a, a piece of plastic. And okay, I'm like, let's do this thing. Start painting it. And I only have about half a gallon of paint left there. So I knew I literally have just enough to get this door painted. Start painting the door, it's spraying beautiful. And I'm laying it on beautiful. It's laying down nicely. I keep going down the door and I complete the door and I look at it, it's all freshly painted. Obviously it's very wet looking, very shiny looking. And I walk away from it and I'm like, yes, this, this is it. Finally, this is done. Start cleaning up while it's drying. Of course, it's gonna take hours to dry, but I start cleaning things up and uh, I look up about 10, 15 minutes later and I start to see the paint sagging. And I couldn't believe it. Some areas looked great, but some areas on the door, it just, it took too heavy. And now it's starting to drip. And again, this frustration came over me. I was like, man, I kind of did one of those things where you look up in the sky, right? Like, why God? And as the minutes went by, the paint just kept sagging and sagging. And I was like, are you kidding me? The homeowner's on the inside. She has no idea that I'm about to call her out again. I call my boss. I tell him he's great. He says, okay, well, we'll just have to do what we have to do. I'm out of paint. So now I have to buy new paint. I call the, I got the paint on order. I've called it in. I called the homeowner out and I shut the door and I said, I apologize once again, but the paint laid down nicely. It sprayed beautiful, but you can see certain areas are just too heavy and you can see the sag and she was cool about it. She's like, okay, well, no, no worries, you know? And I said these, th these words to her. I said, ma'am, Right now, I'm honestly dealing with embarrassment, frustration, and some humility right now because I literally was. This was not like me. I'm I'm good at painting. I could do this. This is something that I've done, you know, on interior of cabinets all the time. And I, it's just painting a door. And twice now, it failed on me. And you know those times where you just feel like, man, what is going on here? Something that you feel you're going to nail, it's going to go smooth. And I, I had to just swallow my pride and say, I apologize. I just put it on too heavy here and there. And I had to swallow my pride. And again, she was cool with it. But you know what? This happens in life, gentlemen. Things don't go as you think they're going to go. And so tomorrow morning when I go back to work after the weekend, I will be going back on site to do number three. And what do they say, third time's a charm? Something like that, I don't know. But I'm gonna go, I'm gonna scrape off the sags, I'm gonna sand that bad boy, and I'm gonna nail it. I'm going to nail it this time for sure. 
<laughs> but we will we will see but i tell you it was one of those situations where my patience was really tested that second time around man i had to go i went in my car i put the car on to get some cool air going because it was roasting hot out had to cool myself down i forced myself to eat a peanut butter sandwich i drank some water and just said okay but you know what it lasted i drove home back to the shop and it was one of those times you, you can't shake it like you just felt like man and the whole time driving home i was doing that i was like just out of nowhere i was like man <laughs> oh it's so frustrating <laughs> but you know what tis life and yes it doesn't matter who you are what you do frustration will come gentlemen and you just gotta take a deep breath and know that man you'll get it next time right you can fix it you can remake it you can repaint it like me you know what it's not the end of the world and and we don't want to be men who just you know we don't want to lose our cool we don't want to allow those type of circumstances to get the best of us we want to stay one step ahead and that is by the grace of god lord help me right now i'm angry i'm frustrated anyways it's gonna work out but that was my week i hope you had a better time on the job than i had it was a little bit of a frustrating week for me uh with the work i had to do but it's all good let's get to today's topic Let's get this show on the road. So gentlemen, how many of you believe that God has something to say? We, we hear a lot of voices in our world. It's all on the news, on social media, at the job, right? A lot of people have a lot of things to say. But you know what? God has something to say. I mean, and he has every right, right to say what he wants to say. He's God. He's the creator of all things, the heavens and the earth. Amen. And so the question is, what is God saying? What is he saying to you? What is he saying to me? What is God speaking? And if there's ever a day, gentlemen, we need to hear from God today. Amen. It is now. We have to hear from God amidst all the confusion and again, all those voices that we hear. There's voices from the government, voices on news, social media, family members in our families, you know, stating their opinions of, with their voices, you know, voices on the job. There's so many opinions. There's so many thoughts. And truthfully, if I'm honest, I'm getting sick of opinions, even my opinions. I'm just sick of all the suggestions and thoughts and opinions. And yes, again, including my own, I just want truth. Amen. I just want to know the truth and it is the Lord. It's in God where we find truth. We can really only find that truth in Christ, in the word of God, because he's God. He created all things. He created you and he created me. Amen. And yes, the world still doesn't want to hear what God is saying. The world just wants to hear their own voice. The world wants to be God. But we as Christians, as Christian men, we want to know what God is speaking. So many people in our world, they're focused on their career. They're focused on their money. They're focused on their stuff, their status. So many younger people in the younger generation in our world are so focused on friends and popularity and education and pleasure of the flesh and social status and, you know, that whole mentality of living for the weekend. But gentlemen, you and I, we need God. Our, our world needs Jesus. Right now, with the state of the world, we need Jesus, our Savior. He came to save and deliver us. Amen. He came to redeem us from sin. 
And with that, he has something to say. And he wants us to have hear, ears to hear what he's speaking. Amen? We need to know this. What is God saying? Our wives need to know this. Our kids need to know this. And I and you, we need to know this. And like I said, God has given us his perfect word in the Bible, right? Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. And we are, gentlemen, living in a dark world. And it just keeps getting darker and darker. And if God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, then God's word is what we need because we see darkness everywhere. Our wives see darkness everywhere. Our kids see darkness everywhere. And we can't just settle in the darkness. We need light. Have you ever tried walking around your house in the dark? Eventually you stub your toe and then you're saying things you wish you wouldn't say, right? We need light. We can't just settle for the dark in the darkness we need God's word which is a lamp and a light to our feet the word of God illuminates the path that we are to walk on we need the bible we need the very words of God as they are a light in darkness we need to know what God is saying especially today and gentlemen it's our job to share this light with our families we are the leaders, gentlemen, of our homes. We are the leaders of our wives. God says this in his word. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23. For the husband is the head, or the, the leader, the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. So, gentlemen, we are leaders. We are leaders to our wives. And we are to love our wives like Jesus loves his people. And Jesus laid his life down for his people. Jesus considered others more than himself. And Jesus gave himself for his people. And so, gentlemen, we are the leaders of our wives and we want to lead well. We want to provide for our wife. We want to protect our wife. We want to care for her. We want to understand her and listen to her and encourage her. We want to build her, our wives up. We want to lead her to love Jesus more. We want to lead her to know Jesus more. We want to lead her in times of prayer and in times of reading God's word so that she and and, and us together can experience that light that God's word is so that we can navigate forward together with the light of the word of God directing us forward. Amen. Now listen, this is not easy. It's not easy to lead our wives spiritually. But it's important, gentlemen, because we are the leaders and our wives are looking to us to lead them. Their desire for us is, as their husbands, is to lead them, to be that spiritual leader, to say, babe, listen, I know the world is darkness and there's chaos and craziness all around, but look what the Word of God says. Let's believe this together. Let's read this together. That is a massive part of how we lead our wives. And gentlemen, listen, we are also the leaders of our children. Listen, your kids, they are your kids. 
They're not your friends. Your children are not primarily your friends. In one capacity, yes, you can have a form of friendship with your children, especially as they get older, but you are you are their father. They are not your friends. They are your kids, and you are not their friend. Some dads, they try to be like, the best friend of their kids, right? Trying to be like that big best friend, you know, just making them happy, making them smile, that their main priority is not to hurt or upset them. And I understand those are good traits, but that's not the role of a father. A father is to lead as a dad, as a spiritual leader, not as a friend. Your job is not, again, it's not to make them happy and not to give them whatever they want. Our job as fathers is to lead our children forward to follow and trust Jesus through this crazy life that we are living in. And how we successfully do this, gentlemen, is listen, by hearing what God is saying through the word. That is how we do it. That is how we lead our wives. That is how we lead our children successfully is by hearing what God is speaking to us through the Bible. By allowing the lamp and the light of the scriptures to lead us forward so that we can lead our wives and our kids forward along with us. So we teach our kids about God. When you, ha- when you are a father, God is requires you to teach them about God. Teach them about the creator of all things. How God created the heavens and the earth. How God created the first man and the first woman. He created the animals. We're to teach our kids about that. I remember when our my kids were little, particularly my son, when he was two years old, we used to read him these old school 1970 picture Bible story books, and he used to love them, and he'd memorize the words as we'd read through them, he'd, and he'd point at the pictures, and that's where it started. We, we taught him at a young age the Word of God. We wanted to teach him about this God that we love, and that loves us, and that we can trust, and he made all things. We want to teach our kids that God loves them. If if kids ever needed to know that there's a God, but not just a God, a God who literally loves them more than we could, even as their earthly fathers love them, we need to teach them that by the scriptures, by the word of God. We want to teach them how God is a father. He's not some evil, harsh, cruel dictator, but God is a loving father who wants to hold them in his fatherly loving arms. We teach our kids that God knows them, that God knows everything about them, all of their struggles, all of their fears, all of their worries, all of their giftings, everything about them, things that make them happy, things that make them sad. God knows all about them. We want to teach them how God created them and everything around them. He created the stars, the billions and billions of stars, and he named them. We want to teach this from the word of God to our kids. We want to teach them how there's one God, one true God, and how he sent his son Jesus, and how Jesus is the only way that anybody can be saved from sin. We teach them to live God's ways, that God has... uh, ways and plans for us to live as followers of Christ that is going to be the blessed the best way for us to live a blessed life we follow God's ways and we teach God's ways of how to live to our kids we teach them how God understands them 
right? It talks about that in Hebrews that God is touched by the feelings of our weaknesses. And we need to tell our kids that, that God, again, he's not some, you know, authoritative God. He's Yes, he, he has all authority and yes, he has laws and, and yes, he has, you know, desires for us to obey, but he also understands your weaknesses. We want to teach them to serve God and to serve people. You serve God in simple ways by by doing your homework, by helping out at home, you know, with what your parents ask. You you want to serve, we teach them to serve God in the church using their ministry gifts. You serve God with your siblings, right? Whatever you do, you want to do it as unto God. It says that in Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. We want to teach this to our kids. You know, like I mentioned last week on last week's podcast, my son is now working at KFC and he had his first week of work. He worked three shifts this week and each shift he says he loves is going really well. And I, and I tell my son, you know, it's more than a paycheck. It's more than cooking chicken. You know, when you're cooking that chicken, when you're serving that chicken, when you're working and talking with your coworkers and, and, and listening to your bosses, you're doing all of that as unto the Lord. We want to teach that to our kids as part of leading them through this life. We teach them to love God and to love people. And this is the most important thing we could ever teach our kids. Mark 12, verse 30 to 31. Love the Lord your God, Jesus said. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. With everything you are. My son, my daughter, it's so crucial that you love God, that in whatever you do in your life, that loving the Lord is your main focus, your main desire. Keep your heart, a heart of love towards God. And it says the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. This is so important. God God wants us to love him and to love people more than anything else. Nothing is greater than that. Listen to what the Word of God says regarding fathers. Ephesians chapter four, 6, verse 4. Fathers, don't exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And that is what this is all about. With all of those things that we want to teach our kids, that is all about fathers obeying God by doing this and fathers training our kids in the ways and in the instructions of the Lord. We don't want to discourage them. We don't want to exasperate them. We want to encourage them by training them in the ways of the Lord. That is how we lead them as fathers. And also, again, as husbands, we're leading our wives. As dads, we're leading our kids. Because, listen, gentlemen, these they're watching you. Your wives and your kids, they are watching you. Even if you don't believe they are, even if you think they're not watching, they are. They're watching to see, you know, how important do you take your relationship with God? Is your relationship with God important to you? Do you show them, your family, that it's important to you by spending time with God alone in the word of God in prayer? Because they see it. They see if you're just talking the talk and not walking the walk. It's so true. They are watching. They know if watching a hockey game or a baseball game on TV is more of a love for you than actually loving God. They know if you love the things of this world, if you're more in love with your job more than you are with God, if you love money more than you love God, 
If you love, you know, hunting or fishing or or whatever hobby you're into, they, they know if you love that more than you love your God. And as the leaders of our families, we want to love God more than anything so that our wives see that, so our kids see that. And that can be such a powerful example to them. Our love for God is such a testimony for our wives and for our kids. And we want it to be genuine. We don't want to just say, yes, come on, love God. And yet our lives don't show it because they are watching. Now listen, for me, an honest struggle that I've had my whole time as, you know, being a husband and being a father, I've always struggled with feeling that I'm able to or I'm adequate to properly lead my family spiritually. It's always been a struggle for me. I I wrestle those feelings of feeling like I'm not smart enough to do it. I don't know, you know, my Bible enough. I haven't memorized enough of the scriptures, you know, and I'm not smart enough in that area, area to teach my family. You know, what if they ask me a question that I don't know the answer to or it stumps me? And I need to get past that in knowing that it's my job to make sure that I'm being that spiritual leader that my wife and kids need. Despite that intimidation that comes with that, and I'm sure you can relate to that. Maybe you've desired in your life for your family to be that spiritual leader and you felt that struggle. You felt those feelings too of not being, not feeling adequate, not feeling good enough or smart enough. Those, those are all the lies from the enemy trying to make you believe them so that you just, you know what, I'm, I'm laying this down. I, I'm, I can't lead my family spiritually. And how many men, I wonder, leave it up to their wives to be this spiritual leader when really that's the position that God wants for you. He wants you to be the one to, to you know, in, in, in initiate times of prayer, in times of reading the word of God. And you got to fight those feelings of your flesh that want to oppose you to pray and to read the Bible together as a family. Because that is, that's so needed right now. That's so important right now to read scripture together, to hear what God is saying. You know, here we are, you know, as my family, we're a family of four, me and my wife and our two kids. And I don't want to just coast through life. I don't want to just accept life for whatever it throws at me. I want to know what God is speaking right now. I want to hear his voice and know his leading. And how am I supposed to know that if I'm not spending time with God? If I'm not into the word of God? If I'm not trusting God with every aspect of my life? And then also leading my wife and my kids as the spiritual leader as well. Because they need me to do that. They need me to be that spiritual head that we are called to be over our wives and over our kids. And I know it's intimidating and I know it's hard, but by the grace of God, you can do it. This is the call of God for you and for me. But Satan, again, he doesn't want you seeking God as a family. He doesn't want you reading God's word with your kids. The enemy wants you to simply follow your flesh, follow your feelings, follow the crowd, the ways of the world. And most times, to be honest, when we plan to have a time of do fa- doing family devotions together or, or a time of family prayer, most times, I'm, I'm being honest with you, uh, an argument happens. You know, something happens that annoys 
you know, my kids or or I do something that upsets my wife, you know, an argument happens, the kids get, you know, start to bug each other, you know, and, and yelling and, and getting angry with each other. And there's this frustration and, and for whatever reason, and it's just like kind of a time of chaos now. And here we are, we're just getting ready to have, you know, a time of reading the Bible together and praying. And now there's just this irritation. And I've experienced that numerous times in my family and and if i'm honest there's been a few times where it's like you know what forget it and i just allowed the frustration to cause me to no longer do the devotion in time of prayer but that's a mistake that's exactly what the enemy was going for now listen i don't blame everything on the devil but i am sure that he will try anything to prevent prevent you as the spiritual leader in your family He'll try anything he can to make you retreat and say, you know what, forget it. We're done. We're not doing devotions. We're not praying. I'm angry. You're angry. I'm going to go sulk in the corner. I'm going for a walk. Whatever. Just watch a show. I'm done. Right? That's exactly what he wants. But this, it is what it is, gentlemen. And this is where it, this is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about standing on the front line. Because those are the times where you just want to retreat. You feel like just, man, I, I'm done with this. I can't take this anymore. I know I know what I have to do. I know that I'm the spiritual leader in my family. But I can't do it. I, I, I can't do it. I keep failing. I keep getting angry. Every time I try to do it, I get so discouraged because people aren't, they don't seem to be into it. How many of you have maybe been leading a, a little devotional and the kids are kind of flopping all over the couch, you know, joking around, you know, talking quietly, poking each other, you know, and it's just, you get this irritation and you feel like, God, I can't do this. I, I, I don't have what it takes, but, but that's not true, gentlemen. If God has blessed you with a wife, if he's blessed you with the kids, you have what it takes. The Spirit of God lives inside of Christians. And, and, and I just want to encourage you, gentlemen, as, as the, being the spiritual leader of your family, don't do it in your own ability. Don't do that. It's just going to be frustrating because you're just leaning upon your understanding. But just dig deep and say, Holy Spirit, I want to be the spiritual leader for my wife and kids, but I don't know how to. I don't know what I'm doing. Please help me. Man, you think God's not going to answer that prayer? He absolutely will. But you got to humble yourself and tell him that you don't know what you're doing. But gentlemen, when those times of frustration come, don't allow the enemy to win. You do that devotional. You pray even harder. You push forward and, and just calmly and confidently say, family, we are not doing this right now. We are going to read and pray because we want to hear what God is speaking right now. Amen. You got to do it. Don't give the enemy the victory. You stand in the victory that God's given to you as a spiritual leader over your family. And again, right now, our world is in a state of chaos. People are on edge. People are frustrated. People are living in fear. They're stressed. People are overwhelmed and confused. People are just straight up angry. Uh, just just this past week, I was on the job site, like I actually, like the same job site I talked about at the beginning of this podcast, um, and there was this man, a single man, walking down the uh, the street right behind me, 
and I heard some loud yelling and I looked back and I saw this man all by himself and I don't think he was on the phone. He might have been on the phone, but he was just yelling and cussing and just full of anger and my heart broke and he walked down the street and I just began to pray for him in that moment because people right now in, with the way the world is, people are on edge. People, There's high tension all around us in the world and right now we need to hear from God. We need to hear from God. And we want our families to, to be hearing what is God speaking right now. And do you know, gentlemen, God wants to speak to you so that you can speak to your family the words of God. He wants you to, to be that spiritual head that he's called you to be over your wives and your kids. And don't let the enemy put you down and make you feel like you can't do it. You can. You have what it takes by the power of the Holy Spirit because we need to hear what God is speaking we don't need to hear any more news about COVID-19. We don't have to hear what the latest doctors are saying anymore. We don't have to hear what our president or prime minister is speaking. We don't have to hear what is being broadcasted on TV or social media. And even at times, we don't have to hear what our pastor is saying unless he's truly speaking the word of God. Don't just look to your pastor for his advice and his opinion before you look to God, before you look to the word of God. And if pastors are speaking, you know, to the congregation, it must be the word of God because that is what we need. We don't need any other word than what the word of the Lord is saying right now more than ever. Because God's word is true. God, God's word comforts us. God's word encourage is though he encourages those who are downcast. God's word silences those lies of the enemy. His word settles, you know, the thought-filled mind. And gentlemen, my encouragement for you on this podcast is to make reading your Bibles with your families a priority. You know, find a, find a Bible version that is easy to read and easy to follow along with. Make it simple. You know, what we do is we read, we open up our Bibles and we read through a chapter in a book and we just continue to go through that book chapter by chapter, but we, re we read two or three verses at a time and we just follow along until we read the entire chapter and then we talk about it. Just keep it simple. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be, you know, over the top. You don't have to put your suit and tie on. You don't have to, you know, go on your hands and knees. Just open your Bibles on your couch and just read. Just read. Just get it into you. The Bible says that the word of God is living and powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword, amen. And it cuts into the into the the spirit. It it, it challenges us. It changes us like that two-edged sword doing the work, but it's living the, the word of God is living. It's alive. So just get it into you. Just read it as a family. Right? Well, I heard one pastor, he said, God's word, you know, sometimes people call it just an old book. He says, it's not an old book. It's an eternal book. It's an et eternal book. Meaning that God's word applies to every generation. The Bible applies to every situation, every question, every person the word of God has something to say about. But the question is, are we listening? Are we reading? Are we allowing the word of God to light the path of our families so that we can follow the ways of God? Because the Lord has something to say. Romans chapter 10 verse 17, the Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. We need to read the word. 
so that we can hear the word of God. And our wives are longing for this. Our kids are longing for this. And in a confusing and tough world that we are living in, we need this. And we need to be the ones to initiate this as the spiritual leaders of our homes. Psalm 18 verse 30, as for God, his way is perfect. And it says the Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. Opinions of man and people are not flawless. They are flawed. The opinions of you, your own thoughts, your own opinions, they are flawed. But God's word is flawless, the Bible says, because it's alive, it's living, and it's powerful. This morning, my wife and I sat down with our kids and we watched our online church service and we had a a great conversation. And the Holy Spirit put something, actually this, in fact, on my heart just this morning. And I felt to just openly share it with my family. Um, But a lot of times, you know, when we do our family devotions, it's either on like a Saturday or a Sunday. Um, And that's great. You know, they've been great times of reading through the Bible together on the weekends and having times of prayer. But during the work week, uh, life's a lot busier. And I, I just been really feeling the last week or two in my own life regarding being the spiritual leader of my family that I need to step up my game uh, for the sake of my wife and kids. And if I'm honest, reading the scriptures together is one thing that needs to that that needs to be uh, a lot, happening a lot more in, in my family together, together. You know, we might do it individually, you know, for me early in the morning and for my wife, you know, when she spends her time. But this is something that I need to initiate doing it more together, not just on weekends. And so I told my kids, you know, oftentimes we'll, you know, I'll come home from work and we'll have supper and, you know, we might go for a walk or a bike ride or um, just relax together. And then we like to watch a couple shows and just wind down before bed. And I just told them, I said, guys, listen, right now we just... We see how things are in the world and we're just, um, we, I just feel that we need, to, we need to hear from God. We need to hear from God and, and we need to read the Bible together more. And so we're going to start to incorporate this in our evenings. You know, it takes 15, 20 minutes to sit on the couch together and just read through a chapter of the Bible and then just talk about it. Again, it doesn't have to be complicated. And you know what? They were both in total agreement. They, they agreed. They said, yeah, we need to do that. That's My wife obviously was in agreement too. And I just I just stated that this morning to them. And, and this is what we're doing. We're going to start to do this in, in our evenings. It, it might not happen every single evening, but but it's going to happen. And, and my goal, I would love to have this happen every evening. Of course, you know, as a family man, things happen, you know, with especially now with my son working and stuff. But this is a, a desire, a strong desire I have right now. I, I don't want the things of this world to be more important to me and to my family than the word of God. And that can so easily happen. You know, the hustle and bustle of life, schedules, you know, friends, TV, smartphone games, hobbies, you know, even relaxing with your family on the deck with a cup of coffee, doing nothing. I don't want these things to have more room in our lives than God's word. We, we need to hear what God is saying. I, I, I don't want, you know, my heart or, or my mind or my family's heart and minds to be so filled with stuff that there's no room for God's word. That Just the thought of that, it, it makes me just feel sick. I, I, I want to live my life and to lead my family spiritually so that we are hearing the word of God 
in just a simple, childlike way. Amen? And the Holy Spirit wants to speak, and He primarily speaks through the perfect Word of God. And this is a great desire in my heart right now. And, and I hope that you're even challenged by this podcast. And, and I just feel like I've been stumbling through this podcast. I really do. I feel like I've just been unprepared. And I just feel like I'm stumbling through this. And I don't intend it to be that way. And I hope that you are really feeling encouraged. That you're even feeling the Spirit of God like I'm feeling today. Just this, this, this sense of urgency to get the Word of God in more than ever. You know, it's living. It's the bread of life. It, it, it's food to our spirit. We need to feed our spirits, gentlemen, so that we can lead the, the spirits of our families by, by the word of God. Amen? We got to up our game. My challenge for you on this podcast is up your game in getting into the word of God. Get it into your minds. Get it into your hearts. Get it into the lives of our wives and children. Amen. Don't let life just race by. Don't let the busyness and the craziness of this world uh, cause you to be so filled with everything other than the word of God. And again, don't do this in your own strength. Do this by the power of the Holy Spirit. He will help you. He will help you. Amen. Because we want to know what God is saying. As the spiritual leaders of our families, of our wives and of our kids, we want to know what God is speaking. Because God has something to say, gentlemen. God bless. Keep standing on the front line. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining me on the front line. Contact me at standingonthefrontline at gmail.com. Standingonthefrontline at gmail.com. Share this podcast with your family and friends. Look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, keep standing, keep fighting for the glory of God.